Welcome to the Autism Action Update. I'm your host, Assemblyman Angelo Santa Barbara. Uh, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, uh, this is uh, a podcast uh, that gives um, some uh, valuable information on some of the work I'm doing as chair of the New York State Assembly Subcommittee on Autism Spectrum Disorders. Uh, we've talked about a number of things on the previous podcast. Uh, if you're just joining us now, uh, I encourage you to subscribe uh, and stay up to date on the work that I do. And uh, Keep up to date also on the autism uh, events happening in your community uh, the, and uh, bills that are meant to support the, all those with disabilities in New York State. And uh, you can go back and scroll through some of the previous podcasts where we talked about uh, some pretty significant legislation that uh, we've been successful in the past through my autism action plan. And uh, going forward, we'll be talking about much, much more. Uh, at the beginning of this podcast, as we start out here, we're going to be talking uh, we're going we're gonna to eventually be talking about the Disability Employment Training Center, a partnership with, the our, with our ability. Uh, I'm going to get a little more, a little more into that. Uh, we're going to have a special guest, uh, John Robinson, who is the CEO of our ability. We're going to be talking about that. Before we get to that, uh, I, just, I, just, I do want to mention a few things, um, and I mentioned some of the previous podcasts and some of the successes that we've had. Project Lifesaver is something we have not talked about on this podcast yet. But I do want to mention that that is available out there. I know it is in Schenectady, in Montgomery counties, also in Albany County, and a number of other counties across the state of New York. Uh, it's a very valuable tool. It helps law enforcement uh, find people that have a tendency to wander if they were to wander off. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, uh, kids with autism, um, I know my son Michael sometimes tends to wander if he needs to go to the bathroom or something. or or something happens, he may wander off if uh, you don't uh, stay, stay uh, really close. Uh, so uh, there's this, this uh, particular tool is very helpful for those with autism spectrum disorder, uh, also those with Alzheimer's, uh, because what it does is it reduces the search. If someone is lost, if someone, uh, whether it's in an amusement park, in an airport, wherever the case may be, law enforcement can activate a specialized bracelet with an individual frequency uh, for that individual that reduces the search for a missing person from days and weeks down to minutes. And uh, they're able to uh, do that successfully. There's some a number of success stories. We're going to be bringing in uh, some of the local law enforcement uh, here in Schenectady County to talk about this on a later podcast. But I wanted to mention that this is available. It's a discrete bracelet. It fits on your wrist or your ankle. Uh, it can be put into the clothing. If, if my son doesn't like to wear bracelets and things like that, but it can also be put into clothing. Uh, and again, when it's activated, uh, it gives you peace of mind because uh, police and law enforcement are able to, uh, with just a few officers and this specialized device, uh, they're able to track that person and recover them safely within, uh, within minutes. Uh, it's a really uh, a successful program. Uh, if you want to know more about that or uh, you want to find out how you can get one, uh, you can contact your local uh, county sheriff's department or you can contact my office, 518-382-2491. I want to recap also the Autism Disability ID Card, a program we launched less than two months ago. More than 7,000 cards have been issued. It, uh, an amazing response from our community. You can get request that card through the OPWDD website or on my website, on New York State Assembly website. Just look for my name, Assemblyman Angelo Santa Barbara. This is a bill I've worked on for several years uh, as part of my autism action plan. It's uh, a new communication tool, a card that has come in very, uh, very handy for myself. Uh, when I went The last time I went through airport security with my son, uh, the card easily conveyed 
uh, sensory issues, uh, my son's diagnosis, his tendency to repeat, uh, his uh, OCD uh, issues, uh, and it, it conveyed that information very quickly to the TSA agent. It's a standardized card, the first standardized card of its kind, replacing locally issued cards that we've seen in the past, and we've even seen homemade notes in people's pockets in the past. So this is uh, an optional card, completely optional. Uh, it's not something that may be uh, needed or uh, wanted by everyone. Uh, but it's available for individuals, for guardians, uh, for parents. Uh, for my son, who is nonverbal, uh, unable to communicate his difficulty, uh, it comes his challenges. It comes in very, very handy. Uh, and again, 7,000 cards have been issued uh, to date, so I, uh, I'm very pleased to see uh, the overwhelming response. And uh, and I'm curious to hear uh, if you have one of these cards, uh, let me know. Call my office. Let me hear. Uh, I'd like to hear about some of the some of the uses for them. Uh, I, I describe some of the uses for for my son. Uh, going to, uh, to a theme park or uh, any kind of uh, uh, venue where uh, you're trying to access disability services, uh, this makes it a lot easier. It describes uh, what the challenges are, what the diagnosis is, and for emergency situations, also comes in very, very handy uh, because it allows firefighters, police officers, first responders to able to access that information uh, very quickly and know exactly the best way to help that individual. And uh, the last item I want to talk about before we get into uh, my guest, uh, talk to my guest, John Robinson, who is here, uh, the Take Me Home program that is available in the city of Schenectady, in the city of Amsterdam in my district, and also the town of Rotterdam, my hometown. Uh, this is a program that uh, creates a database. Uh, again, it's the intent is to make it easier for officers, uh, for uh, law enforcement to uh, be able to find people that, uh, that, could, that may be lost or may wander or be alone in an emergency who need special assistance. It creates a database of important information. Uh, they can verify the identity, identity of that person. The program also works in reverse. Uh, so uh, if someone's missing, that information can be transferred uh, quickly through a database in the police cars, which now have the technology to do that. So they do not have to go back to the station to collect this information. Uh, includes a picture. Uh, again, a lot of the information that would be included on the autism disability ID card would be in this Take Me Home program. It's completely free. Uh, just uh, go to your local police department in these areas uh, across the state. You'll have to check uh, with your local police department to see if they have, uh, they have uh, launched a program like this. If they haven't, encourage them to do so. It works. It helps. It's just another tool uh, that helps uh, serve the population uh, that, uh, that need uh, special assistance if they are involved in an emergency. Uh, so I just want to recap some of those. And uh, uh, speaking of recapping, we talked about my next topic on a previous show. Uh, it is uh, a, a, an upcoming initiative that we're working on. It's a partnership, actually, with our ability uh, that uh, is looking to address a staggering figure, uh, more than 1.1 million with disabilities in New York State. And the, number, uh, the numbers that we're receiving, more than 70% are unemployed. That's the number we're looking to change. My guest, John Robinson, CEO of Our Ability. Our Ability is not a new name because we heard it before. So wel welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. Uh, John, to the podcast, I should say. Welcome. Uh, and it's great to have you here. You're actually one of my first guests. Uh, so uh, I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we should talk about Our Ability is not a new name because, uh, you know, you, you've, you've done some pretty amazing things. Uh, you know, uh, your, your uh, trek across the uh, Erie Canal Trailway, uh, a number of other uh, uh, 
uh, items with our ability that has made quite a statement for those with disabilities. Uh, just tell us a little bit about our ability before we get into the legislation we're talking about. Sure, we, I guess we're about 10 years old now, which is, uh, you know, I guess we're getting into our teenage years pretty soon here. Yeah. Um, we have made an impact and it's, it's sort of hard to say because I try to be humble about what we've done, but we have made an impact. Um, I started this organization as a way to help myself a generation or two later. Um, I graduated Syracuse University, degree in television, radio, film. Uh, my struggle was re real though to try to find a job. Yeah. And I, I found out even after I got my job in media and had a good 16 year career that when I would meet other people with disabilities in, in corporate America, uh, I wasn't alone, that we struggle in finding employment. So our ability is a way to come together to build a bridge. And the bridge is between individuals with disabilities, their families, their caregivers, disability groups, on one side of the bridge. Crossing the bridge is corporate America, companies, large and small, interested in finding good people to work. And so that takes a, a lot of different elements, but in essence, we need to create common language, uh, common themes, common interest, and the common interest here in New York State is exactly what you said. We have 1.1 million New Yorkers with disabilities, 70% are unemployed. We are effectively a full employment in upstate New York, as you know. Yeah. Companies are looking for employees. I was just on a manufacturing call today, screaming for employees. We know that there's a marriage here to be made. We just have to build that bridge, and that's what we're that's what we're efforting. And uh, you know what's what's and when you brought this pro when you brought this idea to me, um, I immediately knew it was something uh, something significant because uh, I mean this this would be the first uh, disability training center of its kind, uh, and we're looking to establish this in the town of Rotterdam, in my hometown, which I love too, uh, <laughs> in the industrial park. There's a facility that fits this uh, yep. the, the needs perfectly. Uh, what's nice about this is that it's not just you're not just saying okay I have an idea and I want to get it done. Uh, there's partnership involved. There's buy-in on this. It's not just something out there that you're saying I hope this happens because I look at the information and I see that there's there's uh, uh, certainly there's buy-in from our ability. There's, there's there's backing behind it. But you've also gone out and talked to employers. Yeah. And and you've heard a need for this. We have an amazing uh, amazing group of employers that are interested in this. Uh, Price Chopper has and, and Gold Corporation have been one of our founding sponsors, supporters, they want this training center to happen. Um, yesterday was at a, a workshop for employment locally. The, the head of disability for CVS for the Northeast pulled me aside and said, you know, we do a training center internally. We'd like to build a training center externally. So tomorrow morning we're on a call with CVS and Price Chopper, who then want to bring UPS and a couple of other businesses that have done training centers internally for disability in their, in their organizations. They love the idea. We're creating a training center, universal. It's for people with disabilities to come and learn. And in one corner can be Price Chopper, another corner can be UPS, another corner can be CVS. And we house it with the, the, the products and information that they need to get their jobs done, point of sale, um, scanners, what have, what have you. We house it with that information and then we take people through trainings. And we can do this uh, more economically than you would if you had training out in Price Chopper or you had out in CVS. By bringing people together, teaching them the soft and middle skills that people with disabilities need, you know, looking people in the eye, understanding to shake hands, smile, say th write a thank you note, and then how to use money, cash registers, 
um, you know, computer technology. Those are the middle skills that we need to enhance. That's what this training center can do, and, and that's what we're trying to get accomplished. And when you say middle skills, I know exactly what you're talking about. My, my, with my son, I call them life skills, uh, but they're skills essential to daily life. And you're right, uh, understanding money, uh, understanding how to pay for things, uh, understanding how to, how to interact with people. Uh, these are skills that we're looking for, uh, w uh, especially when you're talking about the population with autism spectrum. A lot of people have challenges like my son uh, that aren't able to communicate, uh, aren't able to have that interaction. Uh, so this is much more than uh, it's much more than job training. Uh, when you when you're talking about the skills that make successful employment, and I talk about this a lot with Puzzles Bakery just down the road yeah. uh, with uh, with uh, uh, Sarah uh, and uh, I, I Sarah Pratt, and uh, she, you know we talk about on the job learning, having the interaction with your employer, with customers, with your coworkers. That is very essential. Besides making the bakery items. Uh, or whatever the case may be, have, have those successful interactions uh, can can lead to a successful placement or one that's not so successful. Absolutely, we're 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 one approach we're looking at is, you know, in the in the old days, right? You had home economics, you had workshop, woodshop, you had scholastic programs that were teaching people skills to go out and go to work. Now, historically, people with disabilities have never been part of that. What was good about that program is we were teaching people skills. And we've gotten away from that. And so one of the things that I think we can do is help the education system in New York State and beyond to create real life skills. What do you do in a job center? So that our community can understand what, what they need to do to go to work. But going to work is only a part of it. It's the full circle of life that we all want no matter who we are, parent, person with a disability, brother, sister, caregiver, whomever, we all want our, uh, our person, our, our friend, our family member to have a full life. And a big part of my full life has been my employment, and I've seen it in every face of every person with a disability that has a job, from Puzzles Bakery right on down through. Yeah. Everybody with a disability that's working is smiling. And to get to that level, we have to, we have to train and we have to educate. And if it's not happening in the schools the way it needs to be happening, and it, it, it shouldn't be done there necessarily, we can do it. And we can work with companies that need the, our employees. That's what's exciting. And, and this program, uh, you know, I, I see it, uh, you know, going right along with the Autism Action Plan I talked about earlier because a lot of what we are looking for uh, through that plan, through the legislation, through the funding is to create a path to independence. And, uh, you know, uh, programs like the, uh, you know, uh, programs work with this. Earning a paycheck is a big part of independence. Having employment is a big part of, of independence. Uh, so when we look at programs uh, that are uh, trying to help people with more opportunities, uh, certainly a big part of independence is being able to be trained and being able to have uh, employment. And a lot of things come to mind. A lot of bills, past bills come to mind. You know, even the communication tools that we talked about uh, are important, uh, you know, whether you're traveling to work, whether you're trying to communicate with someone, the communication tools and everything that we've talked about, Absolutely. some of the items we've talked about in the beginning of the show and even more uh, are important. And But when you look at a full circle, uh, employment is a big part, earning a paycheck, uh, being able to uh, have a bank account, being able to buy things for yourself, being able to care for yourself, yep. all very, very important. Uh, now, you, we're going to talk about the businesses that are involved in this, uh, but uh, before we do that, this is a classroom setting. Let's talk about the structure of 
let's talk about the structure of the training center. This You're bringing, bringing people into a classroom setting that are looking for employment, but the relationship with the businesses is they're sort of saying, hey, we need this many jobs for people with this many, uh, people with these type of skills. Right. And then from there, now the training center goes into action, right? Yeah. So if, if you look at if you look at our jobs board on our website, we have 36 members. We have 52,000 opening in jobs in New York State alone. That's a, a big number just from 36 businesses. So those businesses need to fill those roles. So let's take the training center and let's talk about UPS and CBS and Price Chopper. They have thousands of jobs. So they want to work with us to to house places or rooms in the training center where they talk about their their process, their their openings their uh, their systems if we can bring people in there and train people on those systems processes and jobs and then have the company come in and work with candidates then that is a faster process to employment than it exists today especially in the disability community i've seen it happen repeatedly we do higher advantage days with price chopper right now so it's this model but it's inside specific stores so we're at the mercy of the size of the break room, which is where we take this two-hour training center, right. training program. And I watch it, and just this week, we were down in Oneonta. We had eight people. Now, if it's here in, in the capital region, it's 28 people, but we had eight people. Um, when everybody's talking about employment and their skills, they're smiling, they're wondering what's going on, they're engaged with the stores about what the, the jobs are out there, and they see themselves in those roles. At the end of the two hours, three hours, four hours, whatever it is, they want to apply. They want to go to work. They want to go back and fill out their, their uh, application. They want to call. Just this week, we've had two emails out of the eight saying, thank you very much. We look forward to applying for jobs. So they're, they're, they're getting it. But what we need to do is to bring this in, bring some control in a little bit, and become the place where the, the 1.1 million New Yorkers and sort of the percentage that's here in the capital region mm -hmm know to come to us. You know, if, if people with autism know about what you're doing, they know about the Autism Society. People with uh, developmental disabilities certainly know about the ARCs and they, they know about living resources. Uh, people who are blind understand Commission for the Blind. If you're deaf, you know about NTID out in Rochester. What we want to be known for is employment. And employment means a lot of things to a lot of people. Sure does, if yeah. you have a PhD and you're uh, paraplegic and you're in a, a wheelchair, great. We can help you with, with high-end corporate America and they can wear a necktie. But you know what? The reality is 70% of people with disabilities are, are in the IDD space. That's who we need to help the most. And we've got to do it in, in, a, in a new way. Maybe this way isn't the be-all and end-all. I'm sure we're going to learn a lot. I'm sure we're going to make mistakes. But what I know is true what has been done in the past is not working. And that's why you do what you do, and that's why we're, we're doing what we're doing. And you know, you mentioned Price Chopper, uh, you mentioned CVS, uh, you know, the, the Our Ability Alliance, I guess is, is what we're calling this business conglomerate that yep. are partnering up to be a part of this. Uh, there's some big names in here. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at the list, you know, uh, Rivers Casino right down the road yep. here. Uh, you know, we look at, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Price Chopper, uh, CVS, M&T Bank, Key Bank, uh, enterprise rent rental car, you know these are these are not you know these are uh, uh, big companies that hire a lot of people. Yeah. So you know last time I checked we had you know thirty plus businesses. I'm sure uh, you've worked to get more uh, to build this alliance. But we're talking about a lot a significant part of the business community 
uh, that's looking for employment that really think this is a great idea. It's not just something that, you know, they're saying, okay, maybe we'll do it, maybe we won't. They're in on this. Yeah, they're in on this, and they're in on this because it's economic to them. They can't fill jobs. They want to mirror the community and how the community looks, and they understand there are more people with disabilities in the community than ever before, and they're trying to fill those roles. And what we do is we come in and say, okay, we understand your process. We understand your, you've got job openings, like I said, the 52,000 job openings that we've got now just with 36 businesses. Then we turn it around and say, by the way, there's a business case. And here's the business case for hiring people with disabilities. When you hire and train a person with a disability for a job, that person with a disability is going to stay, stay seven times longer in that role. That is less training costs, more, retre more retention, more profit to the bottom line. That's a huge number when you talk to a business. And oh, by the way, here's another, here's an, another economic stat. People with disabilities and their families, their, their, their direct families, like you, in the United States of America, have $1 trillion in buying power. Now, we are the number one economic buying power diversity category, and yet we're the quietest, we're the meekest, and we're the most unemployed. Now, imagine if we hire more people and that 70% becomes 60%. There's an economic impact to a key bank or M&T bank or whomever we mentioned before because they're marketing to people with disabilities. And the greatest example I have there is Xbox, is Microsoft. You noticed on the Super Bowl this last year, Microsoft spent a lot of money to have an Xbox ad with a, a child with a disability who can play with his friends. That's one small segment of disability, but they are targeting the, the disability community. And what's nice is we're working with Microsoft moving forward and some of our processes with this training center. And it's, it's great to hear, and I, I know this is something uh, that, uh, that's, uh, that's truly uh, going to have a, a significant impact. Um, those stats that you shared, I mean, I, I, I've heard them before. Uh, I'm looking actually at, a, at an email you sent me. Uh, <laughs> it says 87% of consumers reported that they preferred to give their business to companies that employ individuals with disabilities. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty high number, almost 90%. You know, you go over to Puzzles Bakery. People walk in there because of who they hire. Yeah. People work with Microsoft because of who they hire. And, and that's the, the large and the small of corporate America. But there's businesses in between that are starting to understand that. You know, one of my dreams and my hopes has always been that um, you, you talk about the ID card and the bracelet, and that's fantastic. In my world, it would be, you know, let's put a sticker in a window. If I'm Puzzles Bakery or if I'm, you know, if I'm Proctor's Theater, put a sticker in the window that says I employ people with disabilities. Let people with disabilities walk in with their phone, yeah. snap the QR code with a thank you note on Facebook or on Instagram or wherever, right? So that, that businesses understand there's a transactional part of this that when you hire individuals with disabilities, it improves the bottom line and the, the positive feedback that a company gets from, from the general public. And, uh, and one of the, th and I think you touched on this already, one of the things that I hear from companies all the time is that they can't, you know, and you mentioned this, re retention, you know, keeping people uh, in a position, hiring someone and, and having that longevity or the employee mm -hmm. to buy in and say, yes, I'm going to be a long-term employee, uh, that's becoming more and more difficult. Uh, people are moving around, people are staying at jobs less and less. Not so when we talk about people with disabilities. Yeah, you know, one of the neat things that it's come full circle for me, when I moved to this community in 2000, I got involved through my TV station channels with, with um, Center for Economic Growth in the Chamber. And I realized that the number one issue for, for businesses in the capital region is retention. You know, we, we've all heard it, that we, we educate a lot of students and they all go away. 
I didn't I haven't really made the connection until I started our ability that a big part of that retention solution is if we include people with disabilities because we will stay because we get used to our our uh, our patterns it's easier for us to get used to our patterns if we stay in the same the same area it's easier for Michael it's easier for me if I get used to what I'm doing I won't want to leave the, the the other side of that is if somebody takes a chance on hiring me I don't want to leave I want to thank them. I want to thank them with hard work and with loyalty and longevity. And statistics have proved that out. And so one of the solutions to this region is let's, let's retain more people. Let's include people with disabilities in that mix. And uh, those are, and, and you know, the stats back it up, but certainly the community uh, certainly uh, is looking to see more of uh, these type of initiatives. And I see it. Uh, and, and what you mentioned is absolutely right. And hopefully someday we can see those type of uh, um, uh, stickers on the windows where people can uh, be thankful, uh, send thank you messages. Uh, the uh, this uh, this program is intended to be. This will be the first one. Uh, so I, I'm uh, we're working. We're going to continue to work towards making that happen uh, again in the town of Rotterdam. Uh, this is going to be a unique model that we just talked about with the components that we just talked about. But it's also the goal is not to just keep it here in Rotterdam. This is sort of a pilot program, right? Because we want this available across the state and who knows maybe someday across the country yeah you know we, we do a lot of work obviously we're statewide so we do a lot of work in western new york we do, do a lot of work south of here in central new york and, and um you know we're lucky in some ways that we have the state capital here so we have a little bit of a flat econ uh, economic uh, situation um certainly in central new york on the southern tier there's a, a a larger roller coaster of what's going on what is universal across the state and especially in non-new york city across the state our pe people with disabilities are the, the most impacted in, when, um, in unemployment. And we're certainly the largest diversity category. And you think, you know, why, why is he talking about diversity as far as disability is concerned? It's because that's the terminology corporate America understands. That every business over 50 employees, they have a diversity plan. We need to get them to think about disability as part of the diversity plan. But throughout New York State, disability is where we can make the greatest impact and yes I would love this to be the flagship and the most successful and where I'm going to sit but I want to train people to do this in Syracuse in Binghamton in Buffalo on Long Island because that's that's the impact that we can make because there are businesses everywhere that need to make this happen I I, I, um, uh, I guess I I, I want to thank you uh, for uh, spearheading this initiative. Uh, uh, I would encourage uh, people listening to uh, look for future updates on this. We are working to make this a reality. Certainly the state, uh, you're asking the state to be a partner in this. That's where my role comes in. Uh, so I think it's a good investment on the state's part because it supports the business community and in turn it supports economic development, helps fill these jobs. It gives people opportunity. Everything we talked about uh, in my autism action plan, I think this fits right along with all, all the work we've been doing. Uh, the, you know, the New York, the, the, the ABLE, the ABLE Act, uh, the New York ABLE yeah. Act uh, through the Comptroller's Office uh, uh, comes to mind because that allows you to have a savings account and it does not uh, disqualify you for any services or benefits that you're entitled to as a, a person with disabilities. So that's, that's groundbreaking. But now uh, to have employment and to actually have a paycheck to deposit and to be able to have a credit card and to be able to spend your own money and take care of yourself or or whatever the case may be, or buy things for yourself. The, these pieces all fit together. This is definitely, in my view, the next step. Uh, I think it's uh, we're fortunate that we can see it 
materialize right here in the capital region. I think it's an important uh, an important initiative, uh, and uh, I know the session is well underway. Uh, we are working towards this, so I encourage people to stay up to date. You will hear more. Our, the our ability. This, uh, our Ability Training Center is the name that you will uh, look for on future podcasts here because uh, we will have you back. We will have future updates on this, and we will uh, keep people up to date on what's happening here. Uh, I also encourage people to sign up for my newsletter because uh, we will also be sending out email uh, email updates on all the legislation and everything we talk about in this podcast. Uh, John, I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, Don't thank me. Thank you, because we need more voices of family members of people with disabilities to stand up and speak out, and you... You are a great example of that, so thank you very much. Well, I'm, I'm pleased that to have you as uh, my uh, one of my first guests. My first guest was actually my son, uh, Michael, who was on as the, it should be. <laughs> he was on the uh, <laughs> he was on the show uh, on the podcast last uh, the very last podcast. Uh, uh, it was great to have him. Uh, it was just great to have him and interact with him while I was uh, while I was speaking to uh, listeners. Uh, so you're uh, uh, one of my first guests. Uh, so I'm I'm pleased that and and, and it's a topic that's important and needs to be discussed. So I appreciate all your. Uh, your input and helping uh, get the word out. Uh, join us again here on the very next podcast where we're going to be talking about uh, something again we've talked about uh, with a bill that passed a few years ago that created New York State's first Autism Spectrum Disorders Advisory Board. They are seeking your input. They want to hear from you. Uh, this board is tasked with creating, uh, with updating uh, the statewide autism action plan that we talked about. I'm hoping this Our Ability Training Center will become part of that plan, and I'm, I'm almost confident that it will. Uh, but they're seeking your input. They want to hear from all of you out there. They want to hear about your interactions in the community, how we can make things better, because they're tasked with delivering a report to every single legislator, all the decision makers, so that they have the latest information when they're making decisions on legislation and funding. Uh, very next podcast, we're going to be talking about that and how you're how you can uh, uh, participate, give your input, whether it's attending a hearing or different ways you can uh, you can uh, have your voice heard on this issue. Uh, but for now, uh, we are going to sign off, and uh, we'll hear you'll hear from me again soon. Thank you for joining us again.